Welcome to the Go Hard Chick Podcast. This is your host, Crystal Holmes. And today I bring you episode 35, Gut Health 101 with our fabulous Go Hard Chick guest, Amanda Mary. Go Hard Chicks, have you heard that saying, all disease begins in the gut? Well, it's actually a quote that's been attributed to ancient Greek physician Hippocrates. And they say he said that like 2,500 years ago. Well, he wasn't too far off. Every time we eat or drink or expose ourselves to chemicals and hormones, we are either feeding disease or fighting it. So today in this episode, we are going to get into gut health with our guest and go hard chick, Amanda. Amanda Mary is a registered nurse and a health coach. Now, Go Hard Chicks, this is an incredibly important topic because researchers are now saying that up to 90%, 90% of all diseases can be traced in some way back to the gut and the health of the microbiome. Before we jump into the interview with Amanda, I wanted to say happy Valentine's Day to everyone. This episode is being released on Valentine's Day. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know this day can be triggering for some of us, which is why I want us all to practice self-care and shift the focus of this day to loving on oneself. Now, if you got a boo, I mean, yeah, you can love on him or her too, but I'm just saying, love on yourself. I recently heard therapist Nedra Tawab sum up the issue of self-care in a way That was such a light bulb moment for me. I'm going to do my best to summarize what she said to you all now. I mean, but the way she said it just hits. I mean, it really hit, but I'm going to try. She basically said that many of us are not practicing self-care. Rather, we are practicing aftercare, which means we don't take action to care for ourselves until we are already depleted and tired. Self-care, on the other hand, is preventative. Self-care is designed to love on ourselves so that we don't get to a place of depletion. Self-care helps us stay well. And true self-care requires us to love on ourselves actively and consistently. So what are you doing? Are you practicing self-care or aftercare? I honestly think I'm doing a little bit of both, but I definitely can stand some improvement in the area of self-care. So that's one of my goals for 2022 is to make sure that I'm actively practicing self-care. So go hard chicks. With all that being said, I am offering you all my free self-care planner. Inside, you will find various worksheets that you can use during your self-care journey. It'll help you plan out different self-care activities for yourself. I mean, maybe you're going to go to the spa. Maybe you're going to read a book. Maybe you're going to go to the gym. This planner is really, really cool, and it's absolutely free. And I hope you find it useful. And please feel free to pass it on to a friend or a family member. I've included a link to the planner in the show notes. You can also grab a copy on my website, gohardchick.com. 
I really hope you enjoy it. And, and I'd love to hear back from you and let me know, you know, please let me know what your thoughts are. So now, without further ado, let's jump into gut health with go hard chick, Amanda Mary. Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. I am thrilled. This is a topic that I am excited about, and I I love that you are here to share your wisdom and experience and knowledge with us. So let's just jump right in. But first, I want to ask you to tell the listeners about yourself you know, who you are, what you do, and how you became known as the gut nurse. Sure. So I am Amanda Mary, aka the gut nurse. Um, I have been a registered nurse since 2008. And I've always been fascinated with healthcare. And the more and more I grew in my nursing career, I just always saw that there was something missing with Western medicine. And I was always attracted to natural healing, Um, so I got really sick. We can talk about this later. I got really sick and, um, quit my six figure job enrolled into a health coaching nutrition program so that I can better understand nutrition to use that to heal myself. And then I started the gut nurse. Um, so I started health coaching and this all started in around 2020, early 2021, Um, So I've been a health coach for about a year now, and I am setting to be a functional nutritionist, um, basically looking for healing opportunities in the body and using nutrition and herbs to help people heal. Um, So that's what I'm working on now. And yeah, that's how I became a gut nurse. Oh, great. Now you mentioned it. You mentioned that you became sick yourself. Mm -hmm. Then part of that Um, experience leads you to do what you're doing now? Yeah. So I've been unwell for pretty much all of my life and thought it was normal until probably my late twenties. And that's when I started doing some research on gut health and what is gut health and how can you heal naturally? And I've just tried so many different methods, just self attempts at getting well. And they, while they were all providing temporary relief, I never really um, you know, got well, never made the corrective care that I needed. So yeah, it ultimately led me down to that path of gut health, the gut nurse. Wow. I mean, you, you said something really powerful. You, you mentioned that, you know, you weren't feeling well, but you thought it was normal. And it just got me to thinking how many of us suffer with the different things every day mm-hmm. and we just brush it off as normal. And and don't dig deeper. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're not, when we see our doctors, we're not asked those questions. They don't ask us, you know, are you moving your bowels every day? They're not asking children that. Are you feeling sluggish? Are you having memory issues? Those are not standard questions on a, a physician's examination. So it's often overlooked. Not only children, but adults. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if any doctors <laughs> ever asked me that. You know, um, but but definitely with children, because I see it with my daughter. I mean, now that I've gotten into this space and gotten deeper, you know, when I take her for her well visits, 
it's not really that thorough, you know? Like, get him in, get him out. Right, right. But anyway, let's start talking about the gut. All right, because I I've, I've, I love this topic, and I find a lot of people that I speak to, work with, they have no idea, you know, the importance of gut health. So can you explain to the listeners why someone should be concerned about the health of their gut? Sure. I'll start with um, what is the gut first. And um, so gut, the gut is essentially our gastrointestinal system, so our digestive system. So it starts from the mouth and it goes all the way to your anus, all those organs that's included in the digestive process. Um, so with the gut, um, a lot of people like to say that the gut has its own brain because the, the gut is able to function almost independently. Um, there's functions that it can do um, that it doesn't rely on the brain to do. It has so many different nerves and trillions of bacteria. Um, so the gut basically is, um, it's like a, I like to say, I like to call it a, an ecosystem. So there's like this whole world in there of bacteria and fungi and viruses, and we need all of those things. But when there's an imbalance of the good and bad bacteria, that's whenever we have this thing called gut dysbiosis, which it just basically means there's that imbalance that we have more bad bacteria than good. And that's whenever we start to have problems. So if we are, um, if we're eating unhealthy, if we are stressed often, if we're consuming a lot of alcohol, we're not getting enough sleep, um, those things can help weaken the gut and the gut lining. And it can also um, influence that gut microbiome, that little ecosystem. It can tip the scale to make the, the bad bacteria greater than the good. And then this um, inflammatory response occurs. So the gut, the gut lining is starting to break down. It essentially has these small, tiny holes in the gut lining where undigested food particles seep out and then into our bloodstream, which it's not supposed to be there. And so our body gets this alert like, hey, this, there's a foreign invader. Why, why are these food particles floating around? And the body starts to attack it because it's not supposed to be there. And that's what causes this inflammatory response. And a lot of people now, it's, it's pretty trendy now. A lot of people are saying like, oh, I have inflammation. I have inflammation. Well, that's, that's kind of the start of it right there. Okay. All right. That's, that's deep. Okay, so you mentioned that food particles eventually could and do seep out of the gut lining and into the body. What kind of symptoms would that cause in someone? You know, maybe they're not thinking that they have a gut problem, but what kind of symptoms um, would one have with an unhealthy gut? Oh, there's so many different symptoms and it varies person to person. It can be um, frequent migraines. It can be just feeling sluggish, um, having acne, psoriasis, eczema, um, infertility. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Hair loss. You know, and that's just amazing because I don't think people just looking back, I always have to throw myself in this, you know, you live and you learn. But, you know, for many years, I suffered with with terrible acne from the time I was a teenager on up to well into my 30s. And I look back now and I 
I wonder, you know, well, if I had known what I know now about healthy gut and all of mm-hmm. that, you know, could that have been a contributing factor, you know? And so I truly don't believe people know that a lot of the various symptoms that we may be having could be tied to having an unhealthy gut. Mm-hmm. How, how does one begin the process, I guess, of identifying, do they have an unhealthy gut? Can, well, let me ask you this. Can one assume that if you're eating, like you mentioned, the sugar, you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you're doing all this stuff, that your gut probably isn't that healthy? Yeah. And I think um, it becomes more clear when we're in our 30s and 40s and beyond, but definitely in the 30s and 40s, that, that's when it really catches up with a lot of us. So if you're, if you're having, if you have those bad habits, you're going to feel it. There's no question. That's when the diagnoses come. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I was diagnosed <laughs> with an autoimmune disease. And, you know, that's when I really became in tune about my gut health. But, you know, it was after years, you know, of Mm -hmm. probably not eating the best, you know. Oh, goodness. Okay. So let me ask you this, because I've been hearing a lot about this, too. What is the relationship between the gut and the immune system? Mm. So about 70% of our immune system resides in our gut. The gut is also responsible for um, immune function, regulating immune function, strengthening the immune system. Whenever that gut lining is um, weakened and and kind of torn down, as I mentioned earlier, um, that affects our immune system. So if you have an unhealthy gut, you are probably likely to get sick more often, whether it's having the cold, the flu, bronchitis, pneumonia, um, and, or if you don't get sick often, but when you do, you may be sick longer than the average person. Okay. Okay. Now what, what should you eat? Or, well, let me ask you this. What are the worst things to eat (laughs) for gut health? The worst things seem like the best things for most people, (laughs) but processed foods. So Anything that comes in a box, anything that's prepackaged, um, I like to think of it as if it doesn't grow on a plant, then you probably shouldn't be eating it. Now, Amanda, you know these people. (laughs) (laughs) But with that being said, there is no perfect way of eating. It is very difficult to eat a whole foods diet, basically just, you know, fruits, veggies, nuts, beans, you know, like grass-fed meats, it's expensive and it's just, it's not practical for everyone. But if you can start taking small steps towards eating more healthy whole foods, that will, um, those small habits will get you closer to the end game of eating healthier overall. And it's taken me years to get to that point. Yeah. Same here. Now, now tell me this, what about, and it may be a, something that's, you know, an individual thing, but what about eating, like you mentioned, grass-fed meats or um, fish? Is, is is that okay? Eating grass-fed meat? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a lot better than eating just like your regular non-organic 
meats um, because grass-fed animals are not fed the soy and the grains that most of the other, like the cattle, are fed. Um, and soy is a genetically modified product, which means it's not in its natural state. And so our body doesn't see it as something, you know, it's like natural or normal. So the body has a hard time digesting it. And it's also highly inflammatory. And so is grain. So you may think that you're eating healthy by not eating soy, not eating grain, but then you're eating this, this beef, right? Just from a regular cow that was fed unhealthy products. It's coming into your system too and causing problems. Right. And that was a big realization for me. I, I heard, I don't know, a year or two ago that some story about a, a truck flipped over on the interstate and it was full of Skittles and grains and just a bags full of crap. And long story short, it was being delivered to a cattle raiser or some somebody that raised cattle or chickens. And that's basically what they were feeding wow. the animals that they're going to then turn around and sell to us. So <laughs> in addition to just bad grains, you might be eating a chicken that was fed Skittles. So, I mean, it's just so many layers to this anyway. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now you mentioned, you mentioned alcohol curious because I've seen this mentioned before. What about coffee? Is coffee something we need to stay away from? (sighs) That's so interesting. So it's a yes and a no, and it depends on the person. There's some people that have caffeine intolerance. Even if you're drinking decaf coffee, there's still a little bit of caffeine in there. So if you don't feel good when you drink coffee, you probably shouldn't drink it. Um, and also the key, if you do if you do drink it and you tolerate it, the key is moderation. There are some antioxidants in coffee that help your body, um, you know, repair its cells, but um, it can also be harmful too if you if you drink too much. Got it. Now back to the alcohol thing because I know a lot of folks are going to be <laughs> a little upset, but is it? Should we just stay away from alcohol altogether or can you have something on occasion? I'm a big fan of balance. So if you want to drink your alcohol and it's in moderation, then do it because you restricting yourself is probably going to cause more harm. It's causing you probably causing stress and, you know, food and drinks are supposed to be healthy, but they're also meant to be pleasurable too, in my opinion, right? Like you should enjoy your food at least sometimes. Um, I say go for it. But, but in moderation. Right. And then, and if you're on a specific gut healing program, then you should avoid alcohol for at least 90 days. Okay. Okay. What about, what effect does fiber help? I mean, assist or, or not with your gut health? Fiber is really good for gut health. It helps to, um, it helps to produce a bowel movement so that people are pooping. I like to say that because in this day and age, you think people know what bowel movements are, but not everyone does. So, um, it helps to bulk up your stool and it helps you just produce, um, a bowel movement. So, 
if you are low in fiber, which most people are, then you, you're probably constipated, you may be bloated, and the fiber also helps to feed that good, healthy gut bacteria. So it's helping them stay alive and helping them continue to populate. Okay. And I have to, I have to go there because I think people don't really know. You said most people are probably constipated or not having bowel movement movements like they should. What should we be doing? <laughs> most, so I don't know how much of that is true. I've seen some data that has showed that a small percentage, I think like maybe 10 to 20% of the population is constipated, which I have a hard time believing that um, just because of the foods that are on the market today. But um, most people are deficient in fiber. So women, we should be eating about 25 grams of fiber a day. And we only eat on average about 10 to 15 grams. Um, now back to you, I forget your question. Was it what should we be eating? Well, or? what, how many, I mean, should we be having bowel movements every day? Yeah. We should, we should. Um, we should be having one to three. Um, one is not ideal, but it's still helping to get some of those toxins out of our body. So I always say aim for two to three a day, two to three a day. (laughs) When you eat the right foods in the right amounts, you will go like clockwork. I mean, I turned my bowels around to the point where I went from going a couple of times a week to twice a day, every day. And it was like, I knew when I was going to go in the morning and then right before lunch. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You mentioned fiber. What are some good sources of fiber that folks can start eating more of? Oatmeal, um, chia seeds, flax seeds, um, apples or some, you know, fruits, uh, lentils. Those are all great sources of fiber. Okay. Now what about like, I have gluten sensitivity should i mean i i just am going to stay away from gluten in general but if someone is not sensitive or didn't know that they are sensitive should they avoid that for better gut health or is that okay i think that everyone should avoid gluten no, i know okay. that's not easy <laughs> it's hard but the thing about it is if you try to um limit it be mindful that gluten stays in the body for quite some time. It can take a couple of days to, you know, clear out the system up to six months for some people. So maybe you you think, oh, I'm just going to eat it every other day. Well, it still could be causing inflammation because it's still in your system from the day, you know, a day or two before. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I generally do stay away from it, but I mean, every now and then, you know. I, it's I am hard, told. right? It is very yeah. hard. It is extremely it's, hard. It tastes good. It's in so many products. Um, but the good thing is there's so many more gluten-free products on the market. And they, they say that um, about 30% of Americans are purchasing gluten-free products. And the um, the they believe that the trajectory will be a lot higher in the next 10 to 20 years. So there should be even more gluten-free options in the future. Yeah. I mean, I, my symptoms are not debilitating if, and that might be a strong word. 
So I didn't know I had the gluten sensitivity until I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I just started, Mm -hmm. you know, removing things from my diet. But there are some people that get really sick, you Mm -hmm. know, when they eat it. Um, So I'm glad to see that there are more options. And, and, And I do see that. I do see more options when I, you know, go into the stores. So that's, that's good stuff for us. Okay. So what about weight loss? Can bad gut bacteria affect our ability to lose weight? So an unhealthy gut can. So if we have too much bad bacteria, um, we could be constipated, right? Which adds on a few more pounds. Um, But the unhealthy gut also influences our some of our hormones and our hormone production. So and metabolism. So if our gut's unhealthy, our hormones can be unhealthy. They work hand in hand. So your metabolism is off. So it can be hard to lose that extra 10 or 20 pounds, or maybe you lose a little bit of weight and you plateau. That's because you're there. It's a metabolic problem. Mm, Okay. Okay. Now, what about I mean, you hear folks say you should take probiotics or prebiotics. Can you explain, is that something folks should do if they have gut problems? Yeah, I mean, it's usually a good thing. Um, You know, I always say consult with either a doctor, a a physician, or a functional medicine doctor or functional nutritionist. Um, you know, so that they can really understand what's going on in your body. So a lot of people think probiotics are good and they are, but if you have certain conditions like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, it's not good for you to just take any probiotic. You can actually be harming your gut and feeding that bacteria to, to grow even more. So I always recommend a spore-based probiotic. Um, Megaspore is one of those that are fantastic and they're um, they're virtually good for almost anyone, whether you have that condition, that SIBO condition or not. So you got to be careful. Okay. So you folks out there that are just popping probiotics without talking to your doctor, <laughs> listen up. You might need to talk to your doctor first. Okay. Thank you, Amanda. That's some super important information. Now, what or is there a connection between the gut and the brain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 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 infamous gut brain connection. Um, there are so many different nerve endings in the gut. Um, the gut can almost function uh, um, independent of the brain. So that's why it's referred to as the second the second brain. Um, and it's just it's just made up of all these, it's just such a vast system that has so many different functions. Like it's not just digesting, breaking your food down and and digesting and absorbing the nutrients. It's also um, regulates the hormones. It produces some hormones and some vitamins. So it's, it's very, very important like the brain. Okay. Okay. And what kind of, okay, let's say someone has figured out they've got some gut issues. What action steps can they take to, you know, get a better or a more healthy gut? Um, so I like to focus on the it's 
the dress method. And that's the method that I've learned in this uh, nutrition program that I'm in. And, and dress stands for diet, rest, exercise, uh, sleep, and supplements. So diet. Now, eating more of a whole foods diet. So eating more healthy, you know, fruits and veggies. Skip the the canned fruits and veggies if you can, because those are processed and they have additives in them that can be toxic and inflammatory to our gut. Um, so focusing on the, the the diet. Also with the diet, there's a test that I really like. It's called the MT diet. It's the metabolic typing diet. And you can anyone can go online and pay for it. I think it's like $140. Um, it's mtdiet.com. So you take this little questionnaire and it tells you your specific diet type according to your own body type and your body's own um, metabolism. So basically the way that you, Crystal, may break down your food and energy and you use the food as fuel is different than the way I do. So maybe you need more of a protein-based diet where I may need more carbs. Um, so I can get, get into that. But that's key. So I, I started that um, about a month ago, and I've noticed just huge changes just from eating for my body type. I have a lot more energy. Um, I feel a lot better. So that's the first thing. Um, rest is the second thing. So getting enough sleep, getting seven and a half to eight and a half hours of sleep a night, um, Putting away your phone and not looking at your TV about an hour before you go to sleep because of the blue light reflection, um, that can decrease our melatonin levels. And a lot of the melatonin is produced in the gut too. Um, so we need to make sure that we're staying away from these blue lights or get these glasses, the blue light reflecting glasses whenever you're working on your computer on your phone. Um, Rest, um, exercise, so exercising a few days out the week, even if it's just taking a brisk walk, um, doing some light yoga. Um, high impact cardio is not for everyone. That's something that can also stress us out and cause harm to our gut. So if you feel like, oh, I had such a stressful week, you know, I'm just so busy at work, let me go run six miles. Well, that may actually cause your body more harm and stress. So maybe Pilates and yoga is better for you. Um, and then what else? Stress, stress, stress reduction. So, you know, meditating, being calm, um, all the body views stress the same, whether it's good or bad. So if you're very happy that maybe you got this promotion or I don't know, like you, you got a date with someone that you really like, and you're just, you know, ecstatic about it. That's stress to your body, even though it's good, your body sees it as it's stress. And even, um, you know, just running late or arguing all the time with your spouse, that's stress too. That a lot of people don't think like, oh, I'm stressed out. You may not feel stressed out, but if you have these stressful experiences, that's adding up. Um, and then lastly is supplementation. And you would have to do that with a practitioner. So someone like me, that's soon to be a functional nutritionist or a functional medicine doctor. Um, those are probably the your best bet of finding the right supplements for your body because you would need to get uh, testing done to see what deficiencies you have. Okay. So I like that, the dress method. Um, so, it you know, it's going to require us to, you can't just fix one, I guess. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, have everything kind of working in unison 
And I, like you mentioned before, it's, it's a process. I mean, I'm still working. I mean, rest is something I've said in 2022, I'm going <laughs> to really try to work on it. I mean, I've, I've improved. Um, and just listening to my body, just slowing mm-hmm. down and just listening because I'm one of the ones that I like to do the high intensity workouts and mm-hmm. I feel guilty. Like if I miss a workout, I feel guilty, but I'm trying to <laughs> rewire my brain into listening to my body. And if I'm tired, you know, I might need to sit it out that day and that's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And we're so. taught that, right. We're taught to, um, you know, get your heart rate up and, and that's good. That's very good. But it doesn't mean that we have to get it over what it needs to be, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if your heart rate, a heart rate of, I'm making this up, if it's for, depending on the age group, if, if a heart rate of 135 is considered, you know, cardiac, you know, exercise, then why are you exercising to the point where your heart rate is 185? That's not necessary, right? Right. It, it feels like you're doing something, but you're still doing something when your heart rate's 135. Right. And I had to train myself, I'm still working on it, to understand that that even though it's exercise and technically it's supposed to be good for us, that is stress on my body, mm-hmm. you know? And so if I'm doing these crazy workouts every day and I'm stressed out from work and I'm arguing with my partner, <laughs> <laughs> all of that is turning into chronic stress, yeah. you know? You need to do the opposite. Just calm the body down. Right. Relaxing. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And those, high impact exercises, you know, they can be good, but like you said, listen to your body. If you're not having a stressed out day, then maybe, you know, high intensity cardio is is for you that day. Right. Right. Okay. So Amanda, thank you so much. Tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and the services you offer. If you have any specials going on, let us know. Sure. Um, you can find me at the gut nurse on Instagram. I am very active on Instagram and my website is thegutnurse.com. You can shoot me an email, um, through my website, or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. Currently I am not accepting any new clients. I'm wrapping up a few from my 12 week gut foundations program, but I plan to offer new services, um, in the next probably by the end of March, early April, whenever I finish this uh, functional nutrition program. So I'll be able to order different lab testing, um, hormone testing, stool testing, just a a bunch of different testing to see what's going on with people and um, creating the customized plans, um, the dress protocol on people. So I will have some specials whenever I introduce those new services sometime and let's just say, uh, early April. All right, Amanda, we'll be looking out for those specials come April springtime. It's time to get the bodies right. Right. Perfect time. Right. Perfect time. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. This was really some valuable information. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Well, there you have it, Go Hard Chicks. Another great episode, this time with the gut nurse, Amanda Mary. Make sure you check out her website, thegutnurse.com. Go Hard Chicks. Also, check out my website, gohardchick.com. And don't forget to get your free copy of my self-care planner. 
I want to give you one more request, if I may. It's Black History Month. And I know many folks during Black History Month want to support Black businesses. Well, support a Black podcast as well. And you can do that for free. How can you support a Black podcast? You can listen, you can like, you can share, and you can leave a rating and review. The rating and reviews are really crucial to small podcasts like Go Hard Chick, and it helps us to grow. So if you just take some time and listen, share an episode with a friend, and leave a rating and review, that would really, really be helpful. As a Black creative, I love this. I do this solely because I'm in love with sharing this information with you. I'm not making any money from this. (laughs) It's free content that I wish I had access to 20 years ago. So if you are enjoying the podcast, please, please, please share with a friend and give it a rating and review. Thank you for listening. Go hard chicks. Take care.